Hello. Hi there, Andre. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, uh, hi, everyone, and welcome to Scary Talk episode 49. This is Andre and Shannon. Wow. One episode away from 50 episodes. Shannon, what are your thoughts on that? And also, how are you doing? You know, I'm really excited for 52 because that means it'll be a year. And <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. It feels like we just started this. Um, it probably feels <laughs> like a year for you because you do way more work than me. But... <laughs> Listen, it feels like six months. Let's say that. Let's say that. Compromise. Um, okay. Uh, no, it's 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 been fun though. It's been fun though. I am excited for fifty two. A year. Damn. That makes it. That just makes me feel old. It makes me feel accomplished, but also old. And also, oh my god, twenty twenty is coming. That's it. Fucking end of oh the decade. God. I was looking at what I was looking at like New Year's Eve things for david and i to do the other day and mm -hmm. i saw this thing it was like a party somewhere in la it, but the point is that the description of it was like come join us for the last party of the decade and when i read that that hit me i was like oh <laughs> damn like the last party of the decade like fuck yeah we gotta go <laughs> you know what i saw last night that freaked me out there was a post that said um 2019 is going to be the only year we're going to see because we'll probably be dead where the year ends in teen <laughs> Wait, and I'm confused. What? <laughs> like the the suffix teen from 19 uh -huh. that we'll never yeah. see that again in our lifetime. I mean, unless they discover the fountain of youth and we can live. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I just need to live to. Oh, my God. What is it? Another 81 plus 13, 94 years. Another 94 years. And I'm, what, 22? <laughs> so I need to live to 100 and... F I can't do math. 116? <laughs> is that right? No. Yes. No. <laughs> I have Whatever. no idea. Point is, Robot All Andre this... is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to happen. I'm making it happen. Cyborg. I am... I'm just in denial of death it's gonna happen i'm gonna turn into a half human half robot um i mean Cher's already doing it she's mostly just plastic with a little bit of skin over so i can do that yeah. she can do it i can do it um, um i want no, everyone to know <laughs> i want everyone to know that i first met andre when he was 18 a wee little baby that is true I was, isn't that yeah, crazy true. i was 18 i guess i was yeah that is kind of crazy um, it doesn't feel young... like that long ago, though. No, it, it feels like let, forever. Let me, let me tell you this. It, <laughs> thanks? Question mark. Here's the thing. Like meeting you feels like it was a long time ago, but yeah. being 18, like the sound of that, doesn't sound like it was a long time ago. Because I'm, I'm only 22. I say like only 22. I guess I just don't feel the last four years. I just it, it feels quick. I don't know. Oh I don't my know. god. Are you um... kidding me? I feel every single year like it's a decade. <laughs> Like, I've always just been going through it, you know? <laughs> they say time flies when you're having fun. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I guess it's really, when I think about it, I definitely feel the years. It's just the sound of the sentence when you were 18 years old feels very, yeah. like, close to now. I was like, oh, 18, 22, that feels very close together. But I guess when I really think about it, like, that's four years. That's a long time. That's a high school worth of time. Um, yeah. And high school feels long when I think about that, so <laughs> fair enough. High school um, feels long for me, and I dropped out my sophomore year. <laughs> fair, too. See? 
it's just, a, it's just a long, tedious, arduous process. Anyone we ask, I'm sure will agree.、Um, yeah. Everyone, hi.、Uh, welcome to Talk Scary.、Um, Shut up, that is not doing... it. <laughs> we... Welcome to Ad Talk Scary.、Um, oh, fun fact. Okay, fun fact. We are too lazy to actually make a website. Also, like, low key, we don't feel like we need a website. If you do, please feel free to tell us differently. I feel like a lot of podcasts don't really need a website because, like, what? Like, you're going to get the episodes there? Like, we're on literally 25 different podcast platforms. So if you can't find them there, and the only like, way you'd be able to find our episodes was through our website, I don't even know what to tell you. But, but like, Like, nice for the people that do have their websites. And at one point, we wanted to have one. Anyway, long story short, the point is that we don't have one, but we do have a domain because one day we're going to blow up and become millionaires from this podcast. So I wanted to make sure that I locked in that domain early on. So、oh、if you go、God. to scarytalk.com, it'll redirect you to our Twitter,、um, which, I mean, it is where we have the biggest following. So <laughs> I guess that's our page. That's it. That's our official site. <laughs> Um, also, guys.、Uh, yeah,、um, fun fact we do have a web. We, well, we have a domain. Go to it, scarytalk.com, and then fucking follow us.、Um, we also have an Instagram now, which I'm running, which is probably why you're confused as to why there's all these dumb things that are just from my life. It's because that's I what I think not... people want. <laughs> Shannon, what the fuck did you post? Because I have not checked back on that since you posted the Ouija、um, thing. Me and my friend did the Ouija thing, and then I've just been adding to the story. Oh, the story. story. You posted a story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember. Never mind. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's on brand, and it is you, so it's doubly on brand.、Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Shannon, Shannon's on there.、Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll update every once in a while, but I'm really letting her have her fun. So, you know what, Shannon, go crazy.、Um, uh, today, <laughs> we are talking about. Astral projection. Not astral projection, but astral projection with one S. We're Shannon, talking about ass. What's astral projection? <laughs> It's when you got such a nice ass that you got to project it to the world. Is that what Kim Kardashian does every day? Absolutely. Every single day. But we know that it's not real, so I'm not sure how nice it really is. I mean, the fact that you don't feel that way doesn't mean it's real. Like, some people do have such amazing asses. I'm not counting myself in that they do、like、they have to project them. There's photographic proof that it's not real, okay? There's proof. It's not real. I mean, she did get those x rays on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like, on the show, they filmed it. She got x rays to prove her ass was real, okay? No one's so, ass can grow like that overnight. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Trust me, I've been trying. Girl, I try. Squ- squats for days. What are you talking about? That's a real ass. Kim's ass is no, real. No, no, it's not real. <laughs> okay, not fine, real. fine. It's not. But、you、Nikki's ass.、Me. Not real. That's real. <laughs> we're at the seven minute mark now. We're talking about Kim Kardashian's ass. <laughs> okay, this no. In all、no、seriousness. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I'm fucking around. No, that ass, holy shit, like that ass. Also, like, she got the x rays before she got、um, either new implants, bigger,、uh, either before she got implants at all or before she got, well, yeah. Okay, you know what? Here's the thing. She doesn't have implants. I forget, Kim Kardashian does like Brazilian butt lifts, which is basically like a fat transfer from her abdomen to her ass. And an x ray isn't gonna show you fat, it's only gonna show you implants. So, if anything, she already had a big ass at that point. And like, 
like knowing knowing that full well that she had had like fat transplants many a time by the time she filmed that episode she still went ahead and was like my ass is real i'm gonna prove it and fucking got the x-rays and obviously they came they came clean so i forget what a scammer wow uh but yeah wow that ass is fake. That, that ass is a diaper dude like damn her legs and then her ass it's like two sticks and then like the lollipop like two lollipops next to each other it's crazy <laughs> All right, astral projection. <laughs> astral projection. <laughs> oh my god, astral projection. If Kim K could go out of body, she would probably just send her ass to fucking Tahiti. Um, so Andre asked me to do the backstory on astral projection. Um, if you are new to this theory or for some reason you've been hiding under a rock, um, astral projection is an intentional out-of-body experience. This can only function with the assumption that we have a soul or a consciousness that can travel outside of our physical body. Um, you can call it an astral body for the purposes of this discussion. Um, and you don't have to subscribe to any idea that there is a soul. Maybe it's just consciousness. Maybe it's just your little ghost buddy, you know? Whatever whatever you would consider yourself. That's what's exiting this nasty meat sack. Um, I mean, I'm sure yours is great doesn't have to be nasty (laughs) (laughs) so to kind of give some history backstory on this um astral astral travel say that a million times occurs in many cultures um it was the term was coined by 19th century theosophists if that's how you say that it's Um, kind of associated with dreams and meditation. I'm going to be focusing a lot on meditation and different ways to, um, I guess, induce this state of being out of body. I'm not sure what Andre did, but he was so hype about it that he told me last week that we were talking about this. And so I made sure that what I was covering was probably not connected to his at all. And he still hasn't told me, so it's going to be a surprise. Um... True, I did not tell you. You're right, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you didn't get what I got. There's no way. Go ahead. Okay. So, what is this astral projection? We're consciously making a decision, if you can call it a decision, to leave our body and go somewhere else. Where can you go? Literally anywhere. That's the thing. Like wherever you want to go, places you've never been to for some reason. Um, sometimes even the future, which is kind of nuts. Um, I might be talking about that, but that's just something to bring up. So in Western culture, um, there's this idea that the soul and the physical body exist on one plane, while the astral plane is kind of in between heaven and earth. Not like a purgatory, more like a space between, if that makes sense. We're kind of dealing with dimensions in this way. Um, The astral spheres are said to be populated by angels, demons, and spirits. So maybe that's where the ghosts are too. Maybe if we go astral, we can communicate like ghosts communicate or communicate with ghosts. I don't know. That's something to think about as we travel down this rocky road together. So in Buddhism, there is a understanding of astral projection. They believe that it's a power for those who reach the fourth jhana is it yana i don't know um so it's like the fourth life state so this is something (laughs) don't be disrespecting on buddhism (laughs) let's not do that 
Christianity, uh, I understand, but we're not we're not coming for Buddhism. Um, <laughs> it, it's the half Japanese in Shannon. She defends that just fiercely. Okay, first of all, racist for assuming that all Japanese people are Buddhist. Get out of my face. Get just go back to where you came from, Andre. <laughs> okay, so Jana, we're not talking about Dejina, just so that's clear. Everyone's aware. Um, <laughs> So I want to read this quote from the Buddha. With his mind thus concentrated, purified, and bright, unblemished, free from defects, pliant, malleable, steady, and attained to, to imperturbability. God, I'm good at reading. He directs and inclines it to creating a mind-made body. Um, I like that terminology. It's like your mind makes this other body to crawl into and explore um that's pretty cool um ancient egypt also has concepts of the soul traveling um it's they call the soul ba ba um and it has the ability to hover outside of the physical body taoist chinese um the, the alchemical <laughs> alchemical practice of tao involves the creation of an energy body by breathing meditations and okay. that's kind of something I want to talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, Hinduism in Japan. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, you see this in a lot of different cultures, right. basically. And so, I mean, everyone has different interpretations, but the general idea is, can we use our will to travel outside of our body? And where do we go? So that's kind of the backstory. And I have... A lot of things I want to talk okay. about in terms of this. It's, mm. it, I don't want you to freak out and be like, oh my god, she's never going to shut up. Because I will. I'm going to shut up. It's just I don't have a coherent singular case. Um, like, I think you probably have a singular case. <laughs> For me, I'm going to be talking about a couple of different... Um, I guess you can call cases. A couple of different examples <laughs> of this happening. Um, and if you know how crazy I am, and if you have been listening to every single episode and you're with us here now, you've probably heard me talk about Dr. Thelma Moss and her fucking badass parapsychology book. So I'm referencing that yet again, <laughs> because I'm telling you, it's a juicy, juicy book full of so much. So this is called The Probability of the Impossible. Um... So I will be referencing chapter 12, can we get out of our bodies? You know, I often want to get out of my body, so I can relate. <laughs> so Thelma references this um, admiral, his name's Admiral Byrd. He spent six months in total isolation at the South Pole, and he would talk a lot about what had happened and how he managed to survive. But something he mentions is that while lying inert, he would sometimes feel as if he were floating like a bird in disembodied space. Um, and then in, in laboratory studies of sensory deprivation, subjects report drastic changes in bodily sensations. One man, and this is a direct quote, one man reported that he felt as if he had two overlapping bodies side by side. Um, and that's just kind of to get a feel for what's happening with consciousness and stress and how this could happen. Um, 
you know, is there actually two overlapping bodies? Are we actually separate from the body that we have? Stuff like that. Um, Saint Teresa, she had spiritual exercises and in her autobiography, she said, um, during these exercises, one feels that they have been wholly transported into another and different region. The soul is suspended in such a way that it seems to be completely outside of itself. And one of the ways people can reach this, we talked about meditation, um, spiritual connections. Another way would be drugs, LSD, stuff like that. And that's not to say that it's not true. I'm just saying maybe there's something more to the way the out-of-body situation works. Maybe there's multiple ways to reach this, what would you call it? It Was it the astral realm? I, I have um, I have a like strange relationship with LSD. <laughs> that sounds like I do LSD. <laughs> um, like, I guess I read a lot of stuff about people who feel their their third yeah. eye opens, um, or like their mind expands when they do LSD and they communicate with like otherworldly beings, etc. Some people have like very scary hallucinations and they hate it but some people feel like their third eye opens and I want to talk about those people like I like their experiences sound so bizarre that you almost can make it up but I guess that's what a hallucination is it's really bizarre and really weird but like sometimes I wonder like what if it isn't just like a drug induced hallucination and what if really LSD like whatever like chemicals it has in it like when delivered to your brain makes it so that you can see things you yeah. can't otherwise like i guess that's possible but it just sounds kind of far-fetched well says the guy that's gonna read something really far-fetched in a second <laughs> um so well, i don't also know. I don't it know. kind of sounds like a stoner thought like that's something a stoner would say like hey maybe being high is reality but also maybe that's true <laughs> like maybe that's just yeah. the truth <laughs> <laughs> maybe i guess i mean <laughs> yeah, that's a whole thing. I'll maybe touch on it later. Okay, anyway, so I want to talk now about hypnosis as one methodology for getting out of your body. Um, so during the 19th century, there was some French investigators, Albert de Rocas and Henri Barduc. Um, they conducted a few experiments using um, hypnosis, which is called mesmerism, to achieve what they referred to as exteriorization of sensibility. So... They believe that under mesmerism, the sensory and motor currents of the brain could be projected beyond the body. And after mesmerizing a subject, um, the person would be able to feel something that was at a distance from the body. So his theory was if I prick the air with a pin some, you know, steps away from this person and they feel it on the body, um, that can only be done outside of that body, if that makes sense. Um, and I'll talk about one of the exper one of the um, experiments that's kind of similar to that. So this experiment is by Dr. Jarl Fowler. Um, I am so sorry for mispronouncing that. He's the president of a Finnish program at Helsingfors, and and then he later worked at a parapsychology lab at Duke university so he was using hypnosis and he did experiments that ranged over the course of 10 years with literally hundreds of subjects um but one notable one notable experiment this was carried out by a 
Mrs. S. That's how she'll be referred to in this. So <laughs> these are called water glass tests. So the tests were done in the presence of six to eight witnesses and were recorded by a secretary. So here's the report of the experiment conducted in 1953. Okay. The subject was brought into deep hypnosis. Two similar glasses, both filled with the same amount of water, were placed on the table in front of her, Mrs. S. The experimenter, who's Dr. Fowler, took one glass and put it between the subject's hands. He then gave verbal suggestions that all sense of feeling and pain were being drained from her arms and hands into the water glass, and that the arms and hands at the same time were becoming insensitive to feeling. After repeating these suggestions a few times, the results were tested by sticking a needle into the water in the glass. The subject reacted with a jerk of the arms and hands. The needle was then stuck into her arms and hands, but there was no reaction whatsoever. Um, so the experimenter then took the glass from the table and went into an adjoining room. And he could not be seen by any of the persons in the experimental room, so none of the witnesses could see this. There, he pushed the needle into the water glass ten times. The subject in the other room reacted with pain ten times. Another person, Dr. M, took the glass from the experimenter, went out into the hall, and the persons that were still present in the room with Mrs. S noticed that the subject reacted with a jerk four times consecutively. When he returned, he stated that he had pushed the needle into the water glass four times. Um, so they noticed that if they substituted the needle with a spoon, the actions of the subject became stronger. So <laughs> that's something that's kind of interesting. It's kind of like her body became a part of the water, which is weird. Like suddenly she felt no pain when she herself was pricked with the needle because all of her energy had went into the water. And so she was having this pain reaction when mm -hmm. literally she wouldn't know where the water glass was, um, which is kind of crazy. And that's not exactly the same type of astral projection we're talking about, but it is something that occurs outside of the body. Like it's like the consciousness moved, if that makes sense. So I found that really interesting. Yeah. Um, definitely something to bring up. <laughs> and now I want to talk about, I'm going to go over two other case studies if you're ready. So okay. this is Ed Morell. Yeah. Um, so this is, I really hope you didn't cover this. Ed Morell is, he would do a lot of out of body experiences or OBEs. So these would all occur when he was in a double straight jacket. So people were kind of like, there's no way this is fraud <laughs> because of the straight jacket. So he was confined to an Arizona prison for four years during the earliest early 20th century um so he had two straight jackets one laced outside of the other one um in some cases they would pour water over the jackets which made it shrink and it makes the person feel as if they're slowly being squeezed to death by a boa constrictor like that's the idea of pain or punishment or whatever um he had been told like just give up and die but he had found the pain so excruciating <laughs> that he was like okay i guess i'll just die and so in this act of dying this is when he claims to have detached from his physical body 
and his consciousness began to roam free beyond the walls of the prison. So he, they kept trying to break his spirit because he kept surviving these things and they just wanted him to die. So they kept putting him in the jackets again and again. Mm -hmm. And at one point he lasted 126 consecutive hours. But for him, this was when he was traveling somewhere else. So it wasn't actually pain that he was experiencing. He was going somewhere else. Um, he wrote about his experiences in a book, um, which is kind of popular, I guess. they Someone did like a response to it or something. Um, they... They tried to stop him. They kept giving him more jacket punishments. And... I guess he said that when he was done with that, he couldn't do it anymore <laughs> or something. So the for him, the, the act of getting out of his body was literally only caused by the stress of being in those jackets and he wasn't able to replicate it. Um, but I guess that he would literally go different places and like talk about things that he saw, which could have just been lies, but a lot of people seem to believe him and at least one of his precognitive experiences proved to be correct. Um, he predicted something, he predicted the exact day and the hour of his release and apparently he was correct about that which maybe he overheard it, I don't know. <laughs> um, he did, I guess he observed an event that was transpiring. Um, I don't know. He, I it's not very specific about what events, but they were always like, oh wait, that actually did happen. Um, so not the best documented, but still kind of interesting because it ties into this idea of pain as a way of getting out of your body, which is something I hadn't really thought about. <clears throat> wow. What do you think of that one? Yeah, I never heard of that. I mean, but I guess it makes sense. Stress makes you do weird things. Usually not astral projection, but I mean, I guess that counts as a weird thing. Um, that is pretty extraordinary. I also like the the first um, case you talked about. Didn't get to say much. The water lady. That's pretty extraordinary. And if that's, I mean, if she really did feel those things, and I mean, clearly she didn't feel pain when she was getting pricked with a needle again. Like if all that's true, then that does prove that there is. We won't call it a soul, but, like, something separate from just your physical body. So, that that if you're to... That if it, it, if, if it ever exits your physical body, then your physical body stops feeling sensation. Which is kind of weird to think about. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah th sure. this is all going... This is all going kind of in vain with what I'm going to talk about, so too. I so, yeah. I have one short, really short one that I want to talk about. This actually happened at UC Davis. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So Dr. Charles Tart at the University of California, Davis, um, he had a guy named Robert Monroe. Um, he was the guy who Tart experimented on for this. So here is one that Monroe documented in his own words of what happened during an experiment. So he says, I fell slowly and could feel myself passing through the various EEG wires. I could see the light coming through the open doorway to the outer EEG rooms. I went slowly through the doorway. I was looking for the technician, but could not find her. She was not in the control console room, and I went into the brightly lit outer room. And suddenly there she was. However, she was not alone. 
A man was with her, who was about her height with curly hair. Feeling something calling for a return to the physical, I slipped back. Um, I opened my eyes, sat up, and called to the technician. She came in, and I told her that I had seen her, however, with a man. She replied that it was her husband, that he came to stay with her during these late hours. I expressed the desire to meet him. The technician removed the electrodes, and I went outside with her and met her husband. He was about her height and curly-haired. Um, so that's, that's the one from UC Davis. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it kind of sounds like he did move outside of his body, but he moved within the realm of like the hospital or lab or whatever, mm -hmm. and he didn't go very far, but it's still possible. I don't know. I mean, it's even more possible because he didn't go very far. The case that I'm going to be talking about, um, it seems... <laughs> Like, it, well, like, I, maybe there's different levels of power people have or ability when it comes to astrally projecting. So some people can do it really mm -hmm. far and some others not, maybe. I mean, that's an interesting thought. Um, huh. Good cases. I like them. Um, okay, so I'd love me to present to you what i have it's 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 strange to, i mean like i think it's astral protection but i guess technically it could be something else but i wouldn't even know what to call it um because mm -hmm. this person while they're what i think to be projecting they're also talking to someone in the room telling them what, what? they're seeing so it sounds kind of like a psychic almost but hmm. there's no fucking way <laughs> and you'll see why when i read it um well, I'll, I'll tell you not to make it clear. It's not like a psychic vision. You know how like psychics can like, or mediums can like, oh, I'm being spoken to. And they can talk to the people in the real world about what they're seeing. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. But whatever, like where, wherever this guy is going in his quote unquote vision or projection, whatever you want to call it. The people he's interacting with in in that realm, they can interact with him too. <laughs> so... I think it's projection. Like it has to be, right? So anyway, I, I, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just read the case. Um, are you <laughs> okay. intrigued yet? <laughs> kind of, because you seem pretty stressed out about it. I am really stressed out. I heard this. I was watching a YouTube video from one of my favorite like spook channels, um, and they were talking about this, and my mind like fucking melted. I was like, what? How have I never heard of this? So in uh, the early two thousands, the CIA did what it does every so often which is it released um old classified documents it declassified them um every so often it does either because it wants to or because it has to i think at this uh <laughs> instance it's because it had to because some shit leaked and denying at that point just looks worse so they just declassified a lot of stuff and what they declassified in uh in, in these files in the early 2000s were um were sealed projects um trying to test uh, people's ability to tr transport through time and space whatever the fuck you want to call it and this was in the mid 80s and what I'm going to be reading to you today is a real transcript that you can find on the cia.gov site called Mars Exploration. 
This happened on May 22nd of 1984, and everything I'm going to read is verbatim. So, basically, you have this room, and you have two agents. Only one of them is talking to the subject. The subject is one of the agent's subordinates. So, they're an employee at the CIA at the time. There is a table, and on the table, there is a sealed envelope um, that has a picture inside and also some coordinates. The picture inside of the envelope is a picture of the planet Mars. And inside, again, like I said, there's coordinates. And also a time okay. period. And you'll see what that is in a second. The guys, well, the, the one of the agents tells his subordinate, because I guess they, 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 they've marked him, they think that he has these abilities, to place his hand on the, on the, on the sealed envelope. Because they want to prove that he indeed can know where to go and what's in the envelope without him seeing it that means that he's legit um and they tell him to do stuff i'm just gonna read this to you so <laughs> all right um uh, all right now using the information in the envelope this is the agent talking i've provided exclusively focusing your attention now using the information in the envelope focus on 40.89 degrees north 9.55 degrees west and the subordinate starts speaking with his hand on the envelope, not realizing there's a picture of Mars inside it. For all he knows, he's being asked to go somewhere else on Earth to the coordinates on Earth. And he says, huh. I want to say it looks like, uh, I don't know, it sort of looks, I kind of got an oblique view of a, a pyramid or pyramid form. It's very high. It's kind of sitting in a large depressed area. All right. It's yellowish, uh, okra colored. All right. Move in time to the time indicated in the envelope. I've provided you and describe what's happening. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I gotta tell you this now because I can't give it a secret. <laughs> in the envelope, there's a picture of Mars and there's coordinates. You know what the time is in the envelope that he's being asked to travel to? 2019 a million years before christ um you know i don't really have any understanding of what that means i'm like dead ass serious <laughs> and <laughs> i can't okay doesn't matter just keep that in your head and then listen to what's happening next okay so He's been asked to go to, again, like, this guy's fucking, like, he, he's just, there's just fucking an envelope on the table. And he's just putting his hand on it. And he doesn't realize where the fuck he is. For all he knows, he's in, like, 1980s Gobi Desert on Earth. He doesn't realize he's in 1 million year BC Mars. And yet he has yeah. this ability to just fucking go where his hand tells him to go. So he moves in time to the time indicated to him and he says i'm tracking severe severe clouds more like dust storm uh it's a geologic problem seems to be like uh just a minute i've got to iron this out it's really weird just report your raw perceptions at this time you're still you're still early in the session oh well, i'm looking at a after effect of a major geologic problem okay go back to the time before the geologic problem um total difference it's uh before there's no i don't know oh hell it's like mountains of dirt appear and then disappear when you go before i see uh large flat surfaces very smooth angles walls 
They're really large, though. I mean, they're megalithic. Uh, all right. At this period in time now, before the geologic activity, look around in and around this area and see if you can find any activity. I'm seeing... Uh, it's like a perception of a shadow of people. Very tall. Thin. It's only a shadow. It's as if they were there and they're not not there anymore. Go back to a period oh of time God. where they are there. Um, uh, it's like I get a lot of static on a line and everything. It's breaking up all the time. Very fragmentary pieces. Just report the raw data. Don't try to put things together. Just report the raw data. I just keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall, but they're very large. Uh, wearing some kind of strange clothes. Alright, now holding in this time period, holding in this time period, I want to move from your physical location in space to another physical location, but in this time period. Move now to 46.45 north and 353.22 east. Well, deep inside of a cavern, I think I'm in a cavern, more like a canyon? Um, I'm looking up the sides of a steep wall it seems to go on forever. And there's like a structure with a... It's like a wall of the canyon itself has been carved. Again, I'm getting a very large structure. No uh, no intricacies. Huge sections of smooth stone. Do the structures have insides and outsides? Yes, they're very... It's like, it's like a rabbit warren. Corners of rooms. They're really huge. I don't feel like I'm standing in one. It's just really huge perception is that the ceiling is very high like the walls are very wide yes that would be correct all right i'd like to move now to another location nearby move from this point in time to 45.86 north 354.1 east they have uh appears to be the end of a very large road and there's a marker thing that's very large i keep getting like Washington Monument overlay. It's it's like an obelisk. Alright. From this point then, let us move to another point. Move now to 35.26 north and 213.24 east. It's like uh, I'm in the middle of a huge circular basin of the range mountains by almost all the way around. Very ragged. Ragged mountains. Very tall. Basin's very, very, very large. Scale seems to be off or something. It's just really big. Everything's big. I understand the problem. Just continue. I see just a right angle corner to something, but that's all. I don't see anything else. Okay, then let's move into a little different place. Very close. Move from the point you are now in this time to 34.6 north, 213.09 east. Uh, the cluster of squares up and down. Um, it's like you want to make them square anyway. They're almost flush with the ground, and it's like they're connected. Something very white or reflective is reflecting light. What's your position of observation as you look at this thing that reflects light? I am amid um, an oblique left angle. The sun is uh, the sun's weird. Look back down at the ground now, and we're going to move just a little bit from this place, just a little bit, to 34.57 north to 112.22 east. Very close by. Now move over there. It's like I can just perceive uh, like a radiating pattern of some kind. 
It's like some really strange intersecting kind of road that these roads are dug into valleys, you know, where a road is just a little below the edge. Tell me about the shapes of these things. They're like real neat channels cut. They're very deep. It's like the road went down. Okay, now I have, I notice electrically, you're nulled out a little bit, and I want you to stay deep and recapture your focus here. It's really tough. It seems like it's just always very sporadic. I realize that. It's very important that you maintain your focus. I have a movement exercise again for you, and this is some considerable distance away. So holding the focus in time, remember to focus in time that you had before and moving now to 15 degrees north and 198 degrees east. Take some time and get back deep. I see the, um, the intersecting whatever these are, the aqueduct type things, these rounded bottom carved channels like roadbeds. I see uh, pointed tops of something on the horizon. Even the horizon looks funny and weird. It's like different, misty. Like it's all really far away, very vague. Okay, another movement now to 80 degrees south, 80 degrees, 64 degrees east. 64 degrees. I see pyramids. I can tell if it's overlay or not because they're different. Okay, do these pyramids have insides and outsides? Uh-huh. They got both, and they're huge. It's really, uh, it's an interesting perception I'm getting. There's a note on the transcript. Either wasn't set to the guy, or was set to, from one agent to another. I'm not sure which, but it's in parentheses. So, it, it wasn't actually spoken to him. Um, okay. I think that he's losing his ability to move accurately, but he is attracted to things that are interesting. So we're going to go with this own. We're going to let him go ahead and explore what seems to be interesting to him rather than move on the targets indicated here. And then it continues. It's filtered from like storms or something. Say that again, please. They're like shelters from storms. These structures that you're seeing, they're shelters. Yes, they're like designed for that. All right. Go inside one of these and find some activity to tell me about. Uh, there's different chambers, but they're almost stripped of any kind of furnishings or anything. It's like a very strictly functional place for sleeping or that's not a good word. Hibernations, some form. I can't, I get real raw inputs, storms, savage storm and sleeping through storms. Tell me about the ones who sleep through the storms. Uh, very tall, again, very large people, but they're thin. They look thin because of their height, and they dress like in, uh, oh hell, it's like a real light silk, but it's not flowing type of clothing. It's like cut to fit. Move close to one of them and ask them to tell you about themselves. They're ancient people. They're, uh, they're dying. It's past their time or age. Tell me about this. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a, a way to survive. And they just can't. Can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way out. So they're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return. Or something coming with the answer. What is it they're waiting for? They're uh, evidently was a group or a party of them that went to find a new place to live it's like i'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input of the corruption of their environment it's falling very rapidly and this group went somewhere like a long way to find another place to live 
What was the cause of the atmospheric disturbance or the environment disturbance? I see a picture of a, a picture of like, oh hell, it's almost like a warp in a, oh god, this is difficult. It's like going, uh, what's the raw data? Well, I get a globe. It's like a globe that goes through a comet's tail or it's through a river or something, but it's all very cosmic. It's like space pictures. All right. Now, before you leave this individual, ask him if there is any way that you ask him if he knows who you are and is there any way you can help him in his present predicament uh, all i get is that they must just wait doesn't know who i am think he perceives i'm a hallucination or something okay when the others left these people are waiting when the others left how do they go how do they leave i get an impression of uh I don't know what the hell it is. It looks like the inside of a larger boat. Very rounded walls and shiny metal. Seems like that's what they left in. Go along with them on their journey and find out where it is they go. I'm getting an impression of a really crazy place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange plants. Very volatile place. It's very much like going from the frying pan into the fire. Difference is there seems to be a lot of vegetation where the other place didn't have it. A, a different kind of storm. All right, it's time to come back now to the sound of my voice, into present time, to right now, the 22nd of May, 1984, the sound of my voice. Move now, back to the room, back to the sound of my voice, back further now, to the sound of my voice, on the 22nd of May, 1984. End of interview. Oh my god. Bitch. You- I can't. You- <laughs> Better be pulling my leg about that actually being from the CIA. I'll give you the owl post in the show notes. The motherfucking link. The CIA.gov slash the fucking link to this document that you can download right now in a PDF format. Post it. I like I don't know. I just don't know. That's just too crazy. It's too it's too much. Like, what the fuck? It is, it is so much, but it comes from such a legit source. And also, it is so much that it's one of those things. Like, it's so much, they can't fucking make that up. Like, if the CIA released a document, and even though it was from their from their website, but it was like, the battle for Los Angeles was real. Or, like, in the 50s, yeah, the Roswell, like, fucking... Like, I, maybe I'd question that, like, oh, maybe they're trying to gaslight us by trying to make us pay attention to this when we it's like a like a like a like a smoke curtain like something like that but this is so wild that i'm like this is a fucking hp lovecraft novel like this has to be real who the fuck goes to the <laughs> trouble of putting this as their declassified document like yeah i can't <laughs> i can't well i guess <laughs> not i i can kind of see why they would in the sense that no one would believe it like it's so out there no one would believe it anyway you know what i mean like yes and there, my, there's more of the go ahead go ahead my instinct as the skeptic is to say well the guy was just making it all up a hypnosis isn't very reliable blah 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 but on the other hand <laughs> i really want to believe that that's real because that's fucking tight <laughs> dude shannon but like like um, here's the thing either the whole thing is fake or none of it is there's no way like Oh, he was lying, but the agents didn't know it. And the interview is real, well, but he was lying. 
There's no, 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 let me tell you why. Because remember, there's parts here where, like, whoa, for one, these motherfuckers have exact coordinates they want him to go to. Clearly, the CIA knew something before interviewing anyone. They already had a mm -hmm. lot of knowledge about Mars and its coordinates for some fucking reason. From, like, a long time ago. Like, the very distant past. Somehow they knew there were there, there was stuff there in the distant past. Like, what the fuck? The point is that they had they had... They had these inclinations to go certain places, certain specific spots, certain coordinates at a certain time before they even put the guy in the room at all. And also, um, what is it? Like, at one point, the agent asked a couple of clarifying questions about, oh, do these pyramids have um, two sides or something like that? And the guy, he's like, yes. And he's like, okay, good. Now go inside. Like, it seems like the, the agents already know that... <laughs> These structures should be there if the guy mm. isn't bluffing and he is indeed there at that period in time. And therefore, since they're there, he should be able to go inside. Like, the agents seem to know a lot about these structures. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, the thing I, I find most interesting about it is that everything was inside the envelope or whatever, but he wasn't looking at it. That's what um, I'm saying. Like, he could have lied about a lot of things, but like... If he thought it was Earth, one, there weren't people a million years ago. And two, like, if there were, they wouldn't be weird and tall. If anything, they'd be fucking short like monkeys. And, and like, and they wouldn't talk, certainly. And there wouldn't be pyramids. And, like, the the atmosphere he was, he was, um, he was describing was, like, nowhere to be found back there. Where, like, it was, like, Earth was basically vegetation galore at the time. And, and so... Yeah. It's like the fact that this motherfucker like had his hand on a manila envelope that inside only had an initial coordinate, a period of time, and a picture of Mars, and he couldn't see any of those, and he still gave all of this to the agents, means he is not bluffing whatsoever. So either this is all real, or the whole thing is fake. Well, I also kind of want to point out, not to argue anymore, but <laughs> I want to point out, like, if we're thinking about like psychicness or whatever he could see you know mars or whatever but what if the rest was just narrativizing you know like maybe the psychic aspect was being able to know what was in the envelope but maybe traveling to the past isn't possible you know like there's multiple I mean, ways I, this could be interpreted i i guess but again it's a whole clarifying questions and then like the agent affirming like oh yeah that's correct now go inside or whatever like i can't <laughs> how the fuck do you explain that like like, I mean, if I was on, the agent, they, I would say it too. <laughs> they, I mean, yeah, but it didn't seem like... It just feels like they already knew that the guy was supposed to find these things. And if he didn't find these things at the coordinates that they specified for him, then he was bluffing. <laughs> these agents seem really smart. And, like, they were really yeah. onto the subordinate. Um, I guess it's just, for me, like, I like to look at every single possibility. But it seems like you're pretty set on this one. I mean, me too, obviously, but I'm way less of a skeptic than you are. I mean, that's why I need you here also. But, like, I just, it's almost like I want to believe. Because, like, holy fuck. Like, Intelligent Life in Mars a long time ago, like, this would correlate with around the time that there was still water in Mars. Like, running, flowing water, oceans in Mars. Like, around a million years ago. Like, the fact that there could have been actual, like intelligent species living and roaming around the planet and they won't extend and then that would correlate with the fact that the oceans evaporated and mars now is a dry planet like my brain is gonna explode like well 
I feel like the other thing, we're not really talking about astral projection anymore. We're now talking about life on Mars. So if if we're going to go I mean... with your theory, um, <laughs> my question is, why does the CIA know about all this? How did they find out about it? Is this a part of some plot? Be like, we know our future is to destroy uh, Earth, I mean... so we want to know where the Martians went? They were looking specifically into psychic powers and telekinesis um, during MK Ultra back in the 80s, which is a real verifiable thing that did happen that we know now happened, even though they denied it for a long time. This is similar. This was called Project Thunderbird, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they were looking more specifically into... That's the thing. They don't really... There's not really like a, like a buzzword for it, but I don't think it's the same i don't think it's purely psychic powers or telekinesis i think it, i would call it astral projection because this again like he didn't medium his way into a million years bc mars and see shit he was able to present himself as a semi-physical entity to these people in the past that aren't even alive anymore like and they could see him too so it's like his astral body was there and someone else could see it. So it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's just psychic. Like that doesn't, that feels wrong. Um, this is way fucking out of, I never thought of anything like this. Like it's in so far back. Like the fact that this guy can do that. Like what other things can he do? And like, did they study him further? There's an article. I didn't print it, but I read it. Like, this guy's alive, and he um, was interviewed. Um, now he's like seventy something about this thing after it was declassified, um, since it was declassified only recently. And he was like, "Yeah, I mean that happened, and it's legit. And I want to believe that what I saw was legitimate, and that I really did have these abilities." Since I have no other way of explaining it. I certainly wasn't imagining what I was saying. Uh, and also, I do not know why they wanted to interview me about that place at that time. Meaning, mm. million years ago, Mars. So he's unaware of the CIA's intentions. But, like, I mean, they're very clear to me, right? They're gathering data. They're seeing what these humans are capable of. So maybe they will exploit their capabilities to find out more. I mean, it seemed to me like the CIA is trying to was starting to study the demise of this planet that they somehow already knew had had life on it at one point so they could prevent that happening on Earth. Didn't that sound like it to you? Yeah, that's basically what it sounded like, but you kind of hear that narrative so much that I'm kind of like, uh, It you sounds know? very Hollywood. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, I know. Um, ah, this just, like, shook me to my core when I read this. Because <laughs> I could totally picture this guy in the room. This, like, young 20-something fucking, like, naive like young intern i mean like okay all right like never in his life <laughs> all did right he think Jeff, he was stop gonna... pulling my leg <laughs> i know like holy shit and like what else do these agents know god i love to be in their heads like damn um okay whatever we'll just uh, leave that there audience members <laughs> tell us what you think okay i i i we're almost out of time but i want to do i want to read something else this is short and this is much more like purely astral projection in the in the like classical way um this is a spooky story i found on uh paranormal encounters on reddit it's not uh no sleep this is purported as real and it reads a lot more real than like a no sleep narrative so i don't know you tell me it's by this guy um username abiline and it's from five years ago he titled it astral projection followed by scary waking experience 
well, this experience started out with me, quote unquote, waking up in a dream. But the more I think about it, the more it seems to be closer to astral projection or something like that. I, quote unquote, woke up in my friend Amber's bed at her house. The room was very dark. Nighttime is what it seemed like. I got out of bed and exited her room. The whole house was dark and very quiet. Her room is at the end of an L-shaped hall, her room being on the left. Her mom's room is right at the intersecting point on the L. Their bathroom is at the top of it, and their spare room, um, her older sister's room, is when she comes home from college, is to the opposite side of Amber's room. All the doors were closed. I walked to her mom's door and stopped. I could feel a presence behind the door, but didn't want to disturb it. I walked to the end of this hall and turned right. This hallway is T-shaped, the kitchen on the left and the living room on the right. I walked into the kitchen, not in view of the living room from where I'm standing, and noticed a plate of spilt food on the ground. I bent down to inspect the plate. As I was doing this, I immediately started to hear this very, very eerie whistling from the living room, and I am filled with overwhelming dread. I bowled back to Amber's room and shut the door behind me. I can hear the whistling getting louder and louder coming down the hall. I back up to the wall that's furthest from the door. I am right next to the bed and the nightstand. The whistling is ear-splittingly loud, seeming to echo all around me. The thing whistling is now standing right on the other side of the door. I go to grab a small knife on the nightstand that looks like one I on the nightstand that looks like one I have. Well, whatever, a small knife. As soon as I touch it, the whistling stops, dead silent. Then the whole place begins to shake. And I'm what it feels like being thrown back into my body. I awake with a jolt and lie there, awake, completely aware, scared, and eyes wide open. Just as I was starting to calm down, everything on the top shelf in my closet on the left side just falls out onto the floor. Immediate dread swells in me, and I grab my dagger to the right of my bed, turning on my lamp too. Gathering up all my courage, I go to inspect my closet, open the doors with my dagger drawn, and there was nothing there. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. What I also thought was strange is that when I told Amber about it, she told me that right where I said the spilt plate of food was in my dream, she said she had a dream that in the same spot was a hole, and that in it was the cellar, like the place, oh, and that in it there was the cellar-like place where she saw her sister shooting up, and her sister happens <gasps> to be a recovering meth head. And that's the end of the post. So holy fuck dude wow that's crazy <laughs> i know like it that's just, like it's, disturbing it, and i know and it sounds real because it doesn't sound fantastic and like, there's not like a climax it's, it's just kind of like a guy telling a story it's kind of anticlimactic but it, i don't know like damn no i Ugh. like that that's brutal was that real what is that i mean i think it's real again it's from paranormal encounters that subreddit isn't for oh like, okay creepypasta it's for people who say they had like an encounter and they just want to share it and you don't have to pretend yeah. it's real in the comments i hate that about no sleep that like you have to pretend in the comments that what they wrote is real <laughs> so you, you've seen it right yeah i know yeah yeah um, <laughs> it's like the mothman sucked my dick and now i'm traumatized and then there's follow-up <laughs> questions and you're like yeah no his mouth was very moist and they're like, we totally recommend you go to therapy. Also, get checked for STDs. Like, I can't. Um, oh, speaking <laughs> of the Mothman, um, uh, we have a new merch on our Teespring merch store. We have 
uh, every single item that we have under the Scary Tug Classic collection, but we now have it under a different design as well, and it's called The Mothman is Real, and it is literally what it sounds like. Um, go check it out. That's <laughs> at um, <laughs> tispring.com slash scary talk. Um, uh, give us money. Um, uh, everyone, I hope you liked this episode. Um, I loved it. I knew I wanted to talk about this like over a week in advance. Um, just from like that first case that I read to you, so did you it love was mine? <laughs> I loved yours. I like the I like the first one a lot, especially that one really yeah. got me intrigued. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Remember, we are on all podcast listening platforms. If you go to our Twitter, that's at TalkScary. You can DM us with suggestions, and also on our bio, you can find our link tree site, and our link tree will take you to literally everywhere that you can support us listen to us our merch our youtube facebook twitter instagram everything um uh give uh shannon some uh some hot likes on instagram she is uh doing her best to manage that and she seems to be doing pretty good so far she's having fun uh shannon any last thoughts you know i genuinely hope everyone has a wonderful beautiful night Yes. Also, apparently, like, astral projection is dangerous, according to some other stuff I read that I didn't get into. I mean, for obvious reasons, it seems like, and a lot of people really do not recommend you do it, so all jokes Project aside... Project your ass. I mean, <laughs> says the Ouija playing witch, but I, <laughs> careful Andre, is saying, all jokes aside, there are a billion videos on YouTube, and I'm, I remember because I used to be into this, like, a couple years ago, and I watched this stuff, and I was ready to try it. There was a, there's a bunch of videos on YouTube on how to do it. So all jokes aside, like if you really wanted to, you can find the information. It's readily available. So my advice is don't do it. <laughs> um, you can. So don't. Project um, your ass. <laughs> there's a bunch of shit. Like just, just fucking watch Insidious. Just to summarize, watch the movie Insidious. Like you never know what the fuck's out there. There's different realms. Some more dangerous than others. If you're not careful, you can lose your tether and like get lost in the fucking realm and shit. Like, see, I didn't see that movie, so I say project your ass. I'm gonna show it to her so she can backtrack that. Cause damn, it's some scary shit. Anyway, everyone, thank you for listening. Get ready for episode fifty. Mothman's real. Bye.